Born in Canada, today's guest Juan Carlos Obando moved with his family to Ecuador as a youngster where he learned to play soccer, a game that gave him a love of running that would stick with him throughout his entire life. After moving back to Toronto, soccer eventually turned to wrestling and weightlifting and a friendly invitation to a Spartan race allowed Juan to combine these passions in his first obstacle course race. Once hooked, he made the commitment to compete for an OCR age group world championship in his 40s. He reshaped his body and mind, adapted his training, and came out of 2020 leaner, faster, and ready for the racing season of his life. We get into all this and more on today's podcast, so if you're ready for the show, crank it up and let's go. Welcome to the Athlinks Podcast. I am your host, Troy Busseau, coming to you from sunny Colorado. It is March 25th, 2021, and this is episode 39. How you doing? I'm great. Well, it's good to have you. Oh, buddy, thank you for inviting me. You look great. I know. <laughs> Especially for a Canadian. You sound very Canadian. It's that thick Canadian accent that we hear coming through. <clears throat> yeah, I love being Canadian. Awesome. Well, we have on the podcast today, we have Juan Carlos Obando uh, from Canada. Very Canadian name right. even. It's crazy. You are the host of OCR Unedited. You are an OCR obstacle course race athlete. You are a, uh, a beautiful bald man uh, from Canada. <laughs> what else do we need to know about you? Um, well, I was born in Canada, three years old. I was uh, taken down south, and I was raised in Ecuador. My dad's from Ecuador. My mom's from Colombia. I was raised down there in a farm. Um, I was a little—I wouldn't say cowboy, but I was a little farmer boy there with my dad. Uh, loved it, you know. Uh, grew up there. Um, got into soccer, my first first sport, first love. Played it. Um, yeah, 47 years old, 46 years old, sorry. <laughs> and uh, Are you about yeah. to turn 47 or do you just forget how old you are at times? I am about bit. to turn 47. Okay, good for you. Good deal. Good deal. Well, happy, happy early birthday. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, indeed. Indeed. Do you find yourself uh, feeling a lot differently than, like, has it, have you started to... Have you started the downhill slide, I should ask? No. 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 One, I don't know what that is, mm -hmm. and I kind of have a good feeling of what you mean, but no, no, I feel actually, I feel <laughs> real good. I feel strong. Yeah. Physically and mentally. Yeah, I feel That's like good. I'm in my, in my prime. I feel like I'm in my soccer days. Yeah, it's good. I, I've been thinking there's there's another podcast that I would love to start. Um, so I started training for Silver Rush as you and I. So um, we're doing a rubber band episode here. So I was just on OCR unedited with you. And we ended yeah. 10 minutes ago and now we're jumping right back in. So some of this will be interesting. We'll forget like, oh, wait, did we already talk about this on this show? Was that last show? But um but I'm so I'm doing this 50 mile race, and the idea was um, I didn't want to turn 50. I wanted to chase it. I wanted to chase 50. I want to go in with guns blazing, like I want to attack this. Yep. And and because like you, like I feel, I probably don't feel as strong as I did like in my mid 20s. But again, I was also spending two hours in the gym, and so I I do feel like if I were putting that same effort in today, I would be that strong. I've. Yeah. I've tested myself, you know, like every few months I'll do intervals and, and, and different, 
uh, high intensity efforts on treadmills and things like that. And I'm, I'm mostly every bit as fast as I once was. Again, I don't train like I used to either. So it's like I, you know, you definitely lose a step here and there, but I don't feel like I've, I've really, really slowed down at 49. I know it's coming. I know that there is a top end limiter, um, but so far so good. Knock on, knock on wood for both of us, you know? Yeah, I've been training all my. It, it, um, I've been training in my running for years now. Um, you know, at different speeds, getting my body accustomed to adapt and to be able to feel comfortable, keep that heart rate low. So, you know, in my when I was playing soccer, I was running, but back in the days, we didn't have the information that we have now. And I mentioned this before. Uh, you know, nobody taught me how to run. Nobody, I didn't know there was a technique to it. I thought yeah. you run, you run. You know? Yeah. Whatever. When I got into OCR, that's when I realized, okay, listen, I need to, I want to I wanna actually get in there and compete at the high level. And so the one thing that I had to change was my running. I had to learn. I had to research and I had to learn how to run. Yeah. And now, um, yeah, I, I feel great when I run. So how long did you live down in Ecuador? How old were you when you moved out of Ecuador? I left Canada. My brother was born. I was three years old and we went to Ecuador. And then I came back when I was 11 years old. So the early 80s. Okay. Okay. Uh, I think it was 83 I was here in Canada. Got it. And back then it was just, wow, totally different story. Culture shock. Yeah, I bet. I'm used to, yeah, I'm used to seeing mountains, riding horses, and this and that. I come here and oh, there's, there's buildings. Where are you? <laughs> Where in Canada are you? I'm in Toronto. Okay. Oh yeah. Yeah. Very different. Uh, very different. Just as tropical as South America, but uh, more buildings. <laughs> you could say that. Yeah. It's that hot, hot swamp of Toronto. <clears throat> yeah. So you get up there. So you're, you're a, you're barely not even a teenager yet. And then you grow up in Canada. What, what was your athletic background growing up in Canada? Did, what, did you still find the same, um, I, they call it soccer in Canada, right? It's not football in Canada. Well, yeah, it's football uh, where we come from. Yeah. But I had to learn. I, I had to wrap my head around that because, one, I didn't know English. And keep up, people kept on saying soccer. And I'm like, what, soccer? What is, soccer? What, yeah. what, what, what is that? What, what is it? A sock? I actually <laughs> said it to a teacher. What is that? A sock? A, yeah. a sock like this? You know, so that. No, football here. Um, football. To us here in Canada, it's soccer. So I had to wrap my head around that. But I had soccer. That was my athletic ability. That was what I could do. That's when I didn't know English coming to Canada. The one thing that I had was soccer. And I met a lot of people that played soccer. And I was able to communicate through sport. That was the beautiful thing. Of course, I learned the language fast. But it was really difficult in the beginning. Mm. You know... I don't know if that's where the roots are, but that you just said soccer and socks. I wonder, is there any connection between that and the naming of soccer? Is that it's like sock on your foot? And I just like socking the ball. I don't know. That, that's funny. <laughs> I've never put that together. And you just said soccer and socks. And I was like, oh man, I wonder if there is a connection there. All right. That's a weird tangent. <laughs> so, how did you have? Um, I know that like collegiate athletics aren't as big in Canada as they are in the U.S., but were you looking at doing uh, soccer, football going forward, like past high school and things? Were you? 
Yes. Yeah. Um, I played all the way up to my college years um, here in two different colleges, and then I got into um, the Toronto District School League. Um, Toronto District School League, yeah. And it went well. Um, but back then, in comparison to now, we we didn't have the the facilities and the developmental um training facilities to for for players to develop mm. we didn't have that it was really hard it was really hard for me to move forward and make it a career i really wanted to be a soccer player that was the goal that was what i really wanted yeah. but it was really hard here in canada for me to pursue that and so i stopped um after my college years um i played for a team like i said uh, for uh, Toronto, uh, Toronto Celtics, and then I stopped. I think it was a year or two years later. I stopped, and then um, I changed. Uh, I changed course. I got into wrestling, mm. and from wrestling, um, you know, I also got into weightlifting, and I started adding the pounds and adding the pounds <laughs> to the point where I was. Um, I love wrestling, yeah, but I really I injured my shoulder, and so I knew that if I was going to continue. Uh, being what three years into it, I was gonna. If I didn't fix this, I was really gonna hurt myself. So I stopped yeah. wrestling and I just, I got my shoulder fixed and I started, cut, you know, getting into the weightlifting yeah. to the point where I was over two hundred and two hundred pounds. Mm. And uh, yeah, and that that's my story there. How old were you when you got into wrestling? Um, I got into wrestling. I got out of, I would say, late nineties. So it was late nineties uh, okay. when I got into wrestling. Uh, I think it was around uh, before ninety seven. All right. So you said you're turning forty seven. Okay. So you're you know so like late high school years, kind of early college. Um, actually, no. A little after. A little after that. Yeah. Was so it through, years. through like a local club kind of thing, or or uh, like a like a wrestling um, dojo type of thing? In I, I started out in I started doing wrestling when I was in high school. Okay, I learned. I got I got my feet wet. That's how I I, I knew about wrestling and yeah. I, I loved the sport. But I never really got into it when I was in college. When um uh, at the end of my college year yeah. is when I got into it. Um, there was a um. A, a teacher who was also a wrestler and um he asked me one day why don't you come out and try it and uh got into it got involved for for a year and i loved it and then i got um i continued i went back and um after i finished i went back as a my contact was there and he allowed me to come in and, and train and uh loved it yeah. but like i said i did hurt my shoulder and during one of my sessions where i twisted my shoulder it actually popped out mm. That's and fun. so I couldn't continue it. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. couldn't continue anymore. That's something I recommend for a lot of people is <clears throat> even even if you don't want to take it too far, but joining something, you know, like wrestling, jujitsu, judo, something where you can go into these tournaments and learn a little something about yourself. You know, not not to mention just learning how to fight and self-defense and things like that, but really just, you know, that kind of mano y mano combat where you, you know, it's not violent. You're not gonna uh, I mean, there are injuries, obviously, but it's it's again like learning. You will learn something about yourself that um, I think that's something that every every listener of this show loves about endurance sports is are the things that you learn about yourself. But even in a race, a race is very different than somebody you know. Like 
in a race, the the other person gets a vote in terms of who wins based on the amount of energy put out. Yeah. Not like I'm gonna I'm gonna you know I'm physically going against you you know and putting applying pressure against you. And so I, th- I think that that's a, um, I'm always interested to, to know from people who have done both, you know, whether it's wrestling, jujitsu, judo, those types of sports and, and running and OCR and finding the parallels to those. How do you find the, the two compare to one another? And has one helped you in the other? Well, soccer and wrestling are two different sports. One is a team sport. The other one is just an individual sport. Um, it was different because now it's me against me or me against an opponent. Yeah. You know, the, the the training that goes into it, the mentality is all about you, you, you. So, And it's a whole different type of training. You know, with soccer, you would train as a group, as a team. You would eat together. So that's the type of, that's the environment, the culture that I come from. So it was really different. And uh, I had to learn um, when I wrestled, I also had to learn that it's about me to believe in me and to believe in my skill sets. So I had to learn that mentality going in into wrestling. And so that really helped me uh, move forward yeah. into OCR. Got it. Yeah. It's very, um, one of the, I've done some CrossFit types of things. And what I always loved about it is it felt a lot like wrestling practice. Like I just, you know, much more free flowing, you know, you're kind of jumping, jumping around to different stations and throwing weights around and stuff. And I, I like CrossFit and OCR, that type of discipline just makes me feel like a kid again. You know, like I, I love that. I just love the mixing it up and doing different things. Yeah. I mean, who would have thought that OCR would become a sport where we'd be jumping, uh, you know, that we'd be jumping on a mountain yeah. uh, monkey bars and swinging like little monkeys across. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. You asked me when I was on your show just previously, like how I got into running. And that's kind of like how it was that I loved that type of thing. I loved being in PE and being the one who could do the most pull-ups or make it across the monkey bars fastest or those types of things. What got you into running an OCR eventually? Was it just the weightlifting was the natural path to it? Or how did you how did you tie it all together? Because there's certainly easier things to do than, you know, being a, an OCR athlete. Well, let me throw you a surprise here that you don't know. Okay. Oh, well, maybe you do know. So I was also in the – I started out in the cadets and then I ended up in the, in the, in the military. And I was there for a number of years. And the one thing I learned was, you know, not only you individual and you you will be assigned individual tasks and there's a lot that goes with that. And then also there's the team, the team aspect of yeah. it. When you're in the military, you're with your platoon. That's your platoon. That's what you eat with. That's what you train with. If one goes down, we all go down. Yeah, That was the mentality. So there's a lot of things and a lot of values that were installed that I took from that. Moving forward... When I left wrestling, I got into, naturally, I got into the weightlifting. It's just a natural thing, you know, going to the gym and training and just staying healthy. And I packed. I went from being a a soccer player, I think I was weighing about 140, 150. Um, You know, I packed, I was over 200 pounds and I was jacked. Wow, that's crazy. That's a lot oh of my God. yeah. It's a lot of weight. All of a sudden, one day, my best friend Tito, if you hear me, thank you. 
he took me to this CrossFit OCR event. I don't know what this is, mm -hmm. but I said, yes, you know, get me out of the house. Let's go. We went. We get to this event, and it's one of those events where it had a little bit of OCR, obstacle course racing, and CrossFit. So okay. you'll be doing an exercise, then you're sprinting to another exercise, you sprint to another exercise. So you're doing all these things. And I'm weighing 200, over 200 pounds. And when you're running and you're getting involved in this type of high-intensity sport, it's like you're carrying another human being yeah. with you. And it, it, it killed me that day. But what came out of this is that I don't know if you're aware of we have a Canadian athlete, an OCR Canadian athlete, very famous, and he is just a true champion, amazing, Jesse Bruce. Okay. That's where we met back in 2012, 2013. We did the old course together. Okay. I met him there. I met this young kid who had a fire in his eyes, is dedicated, he was focused. He had, he was on a mission, and we met there. And with that said, the following week, I said, you know what? I want to go back. And I ended up going back. Knowing that the first time it almost killed me, yeah. I went back and did it. And I went back. It was that. It piqued my interest. And it was every time I did it, I got a little bit better and better. And it was like, uh, you know what? I'm starting to like this. Also, having Jesse there ignited that fire underneath me. Yeah. Now I want it more. Now I'm. Now I want it more. And watching him just ignited that fire in me. And so now, whenever I went, I would stand alongside him and we would train together. This kid was so, Jesse was it's just so fast. But he just inspired me. Mm. That's how. And then one day, um, he, he, he was so excited. He came to me and said, listen, uh, Carlos, I'm going to go do, no, sorry. Hey, Juan, I'm going to go do um, a Spartan race. I believe it's a Spartan race, yeah. And uh, why don't you come? And so I said, yes. Okay. He was so excited. I was excited. I didn't care what it was. And yeah. so I said, yes. Yeah. That's how I discovered OCR. That's awesome. Now, to answer your other question in regards to running, running came two years after I got into OCR. It was a 2016-17 where I flipped that switch. And I really wanted to... I wanted to. I wanted to move up to the next level. I wanted to now be competitive. I wanted to do something in the sport, so I had to make so many changes. One was my eating habits, really bad, and the wife helped me with that. She's my nutritionist, and she's where she got me now. And I'm right now. I'm at 150, 155 pounds. Wow. And uh, and the next thing that I needed to change in order to be successful, indeed, the athlete that I once was and and that I am now is. I had to change my running. I had to learn to run. I had to research, listening to Richard Diaz, going on YouTube and watching and mimicking and then taking all th all that knowledge and applying it into the tracks when I run, when I trail run, listening, watching friends, watching athletes race, so many things that, that, that I had to learn in order to become uh, a good runner. Was it was it that you didn't understand um, like the the science of training? Was it that uh, your technique was bad? Was it all of it? I mean, because you know, from soccer, you certainly knew how to run, quote unquote. But was it just like understanding, you know, run slow to get faster and all the different principles of of distance running? Yeah, nothing against the coaches back then. 
It's just they didn't have the knowledge and the information that we would do now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it is what it is. Yeah. We were taught a certain way. Coming from Ecuador back there, you know, we weren't taught. We, yes, we trained on running, but we weren't taught the technique behind it, proper technique, you know, to um, to eliminate the stress in your legs and be able to run freely without without tiring yourself and and also to prevent injury or minimize injury. We weren't taught all these things. Like, and so all that information we didn't have. So it was just go out, do, do the exercise that you're supposed to, um, as a team. And that's what we did. And when I came to Canada, it was the same thing. You had drills that you had to do. You go and do them. When, when, when OCR came into my life and watching how, top-tier athletes would run and how successful they were, I learned that I had to change that because whenever I run, I would really be tired. My legs would be really sore. I would at times, most of the time, I'd be landing on my heel or I'd be landing flat-footed and hurting my arch. And then all of a sudden, I got these pains underneath my feet. And so I knew that there was a problem. And people also um, addressed them with me and they said, you know what, you need to learn how to run properly. Yeah. yeah. So did you, how good were you? Like what, what got you hooked so quickly on this? You, you mentioned, um, you know, having somebody there to do it with you, but were you good? Like did, did was it, you know, I mean, it, it's tough to get, again, it's like the, there are people that I think are um, good at things early and that's what hooks them in, whether they want to or not. They're just like, well, this is the thing that I'm finally good at. And then there are people like I think myself in the first triathlon I ever did, I was freaking lousy. I was almost, I think I was like second or third from last because I was such a bad swimmer, but I just loved it. I just loved the energy, the the environment and all that stuff. What got you hooked early on? It was the running because I come from a running sport. Running in OCR and I could relate to because I'd done it. With soccer and a lot of athletes, a lot of OCR athletes, even though I shouldn't, I should be focused on me here. <laughs> There's a lot of OCR athletes that come from a soccer background and we relate to running. Mm. We did it, we did it for so many years and we played at a high level. I mean, as a center forward, I mean, I loved it. And so when OCR came into my life, I mean, running did come to me naturally, but I had to learn, like I said, I had to learn the technique. And once I did, my speed changed, my body changed and adapted very quickly. So as the years progressed, uh, as the years passed uh, from, I would say, 2017, where I flipped the switch and I wanted to go to and started competing at a high level, I noticed a different change in standings. And now 2019, I finished really strong. And I haven't been more confident than I am now. And now I want the World OCR World Championships. I want it. And that's as much as I'm going to say as I want it. And I can't <laughs> wait to go to Vermont and just yeah. showcase your skills because anybody can say anything. So I rather for me, it's about letting my, my skills speak for themselves yeah. and uh, just keep training and doing the things that I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah, I'm, I'm sitting here, lo- <clears throat> excuse me, I'm looking at your athlete's profile and kind of noticing that, 
your age group finishes, you know, sort of like in the in the twenties and teens, and then they drop down into the you know lots of single digit age group finishes here, some single digit gender finishes and overall finishes and stuff. So you're definitely definitely starting to figure things out. That's um, that's awesome. Yeah, it's and that's another thing. That's a good point. Is figuring things out what works for you and what doesn't, how to develop yourself and then surrounding yourself with the right people, champion like minds, like for example, like I said, Jesse, Mick Girolo, a lot of Canadian, amazing Canadian top tier elite athletes that I respect, that inspire me, Uh, Ian St. Laurent, John Loney and so many others here in Canada. And yes, of course, I have a lot of friends in the US and overseas, but the OCR that we have here and the, the amazing talent and the, the amazing friends that I've developed throughout the years just inspired me to be yeah. where I'm at. Without them, I wouldn't be where I'm at as well. <clears throat> the, um, the difference in uh, like OCR racing, how much, how do you break that down in a season as far as training goes, as far as um, so like swim, bike, run, triathlon, I would, I would, the way that my training would typically break down is equal parts swim, bike, run, but not time-wise, but number of workouts, obviously, because you have to put in a lot more work on the bike, for instance, than the run to get better. And then yes. the thing that would always I would always sacrifice would be the lifting, right? So if, if, you, if you sort of take it as five components of swim, bike, run, lift, rest, I was never resting enough and I was never lifting enough. How do you balance the OCR side of things with, because it's 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 more than just lifting. There are all sorts of different types of lifting and hanging and, and climbing and different things like that. So you have the whole physical component and then the running component. For those of, of us who haven't trained for OCR, like what's the what does a weekly sort of regimen look like? I would run every second day. Okay. I used to run every day and pack up the volume the, the volume. And that wasn't working out. It was just uh, my legs would be sore and this and that. So I had to I had to really figure things out how I wanted to modify my training. So I run every second day, but every time and every other day I would work on core. I would work on functional fitness. I would work on uh, stretching. Stretching is key mm-hmm. to anything that you do. With every with after every run that I do, I hit the grips immediately and start practicing and simulating what an OCR race would be like. After you race, you go and you hit and you hit an obstacle and then you race, hit an obstacle. So I would practice that. And mm. so uh, every other day I would be practicing, like I said, I would be doing functional fitness. I'd probably be working on grip, cardio, and I'd be doing a lot of stretching. So I would. that's how I would break it down. When it comes to running, my running is broken down into road running, trail running, and then working on various speeds, and I've mentioned this to you. So I would work on my I would I would work on various speeds and let my body adapt to those type of speeds. Because sometimes when you're when you're when you're doing an OCR race, depending on the slope and where you are, you know there'll be days that you'll be super fast. And those are the races, and those are the types of speeds that I would have to train on, as well as slow, keeping the heart rate low, and making sure that the body is accustoming and can adapt to that. Uh, work on as well as hill training, working on those hills, right? Yeah. Getting my legs uh, um, uh, accustomed to going up those hills and then 
L. And I think that is really what my training is like. And it's just me breaking it down accordingly in a week period that I can uh, be able to hit everything. Because with that, when COVID hit, I would train full time. I was training full time, not a problem. But now that COVID, you know, we're in 2021, I'm back to work. And with family, I really, uh, my time, I really manage my time accordingly and making sure that I fit everything that I need to fit in, in on one day throughout the week. Have you thought about um, just dropping the the OCR part and just running purely, or or is the it, like are you more attracted to the running side or the OCR side? Like, do you need OCR. the OCR stuff? I love OCR. Yeah, just like soccer, it's a, a love and a passion. It's what I'm meant to be doing. But I know that I can only do OCR for such a long period of time. And so I need to make sure that my training is on point because I want the longevity. Yeah. The key here is longevity for me to be able to do this and be able to continue running after the sport without and minimizing that risk and not having that injury that's going to put me away. That's not what I want. Eventually, I want to start also competing uh, in trails and getting more uh, into the trail uh, side of, um, to the trail sport or the running sport. There's some trail, uh, some trail organizations or races that I want to get into. Like yeah. you said, Leadville is one of them that you mentioned in Colorado. That's something that I've thought about. Yeah. And there's a lot of Canadian races. There's about you know a couple of marathons that I would love to do. And then there's Spartan trails I would love to do. The Golden Series that just happened in Portugal. I wish I was there to do that. <laughs> um, but yeah. there are. I do want to get into trail, but I think I still have a lot to do in OCR. Yeah, yeah. No, it sounds like it. It's it's funny the whole. <clears throat> I think we mentioned when I was on yours was like I the older I get now, like you know wrapping these 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 racing experience into whether it's vacation or these trips of just doing more epic style racing rather than trying to jump into every last race. Um, which is tough because you find these races that you love doing, you know, yeah. like Leadville, you know, heavy half or, or some of these races that I've really kind of become fond of. But at the same time, I, it's like, well, shit, if I, you know, like I, you know, it's like you, you keep eating steak, but then, you know, there's other things out there to eat, you know, and it's like, oh, as much as I love steak, I want to go try the lobster too. And you know, these other things. <laughs> I hear you. Yeah, I love stuff. steak, but. I'm plant-based now and vegetarian. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Maybe that's why I'm 150, 155. Yeah, it probably is. That probably I gotta is. I got to thank the wife for this. Yeah. What's um What's next for you on this? So you, you mentioned the the OCR. I know Spartan's got a, a lot of races coming back in Florida. What is their um, – I, I didn't even bother to look, unfortunately. I've been so busy with other stuff. What is the um, – what's the calendar looking like? Are you guys seeing a lot of the OCR stuff open back up? Yes. So our season starts, knock on wood, in June. It's, it was supposed to start in May, but, you know, with COVID and all, they had to postpone the first two in May and now for a later date. That's fine. So June is good to go. I can't wait for that. So there's going to be five races. Basically, three of the five are going to have a full trifectas with um, – with with trails, yeah. uh, trail running. So 
everybody's excited. And the other two are just going to be the super and sprint. So there's going to be five races that they're going to make sure that they dedicate themselves, focus on, and make sure that they put out the best product. And that's understandable. That's great. Yeah. There's only so much that you can that you can pack in in, in a year or in that time frame yeah. here in Canada. So we're all excited, and I can't wait. With that, I have uh, the OCR World Championships in, in Vermont that's coming up. I also have the Trifecta Championships in Greece coming up. Um, unfortunately, Spartan North American Championships in Lake Tahoe is the same weekend as OCR World Championships. And this is not Spartan's fault yeah. at all. It, it's just something that happens, and I, I won't be able to be there for that, and I really wanted it. There's some people down there that I would love to have visited, but that's not going to happen. And so... I'm going to stick with the worlds because it's that's a dream. That's a goal that I want. Yeah. It's a very Canadian yeah. mindset. <laughs> yeah. But next year, 2022, yeah. don't you worry. Yeah. You guys. That's awesome. Yeah. We'll, we'll, uh, uh, it's, it's the, uh, it's not too far away from me. So maybe I'll, I, I need to get over there and, and see, I love watching the Spartan stuff. And and again, I think, I don't remember if we just, this is, I knew what would happen is I don't remember what we just talked about here versus what yours. <laughs> so I, I hope I don't sound redundant here, but I've never done a Spartan. Did we talk about that on this one or yours? Um, Do you remember? One. Was on your, oh, mine, oh, mine, oh, on mine, okay, oh, mine. So, you yeah. didn't mention that. Yeah, I'm embarrassed to say. So I met Joe... <sighs> a decade ago and we've been doing all the results in tech for Spartan forever. And, uh, I've been to a bunch of Spartan races and I'll tell you what, if you want to see like Beatlemania, especially in Boston, go hang out with Joe at a Spartan race. Um, and the cool thing is it's not a bunch of like, it's not a bunch of fanboys and girls. It's like people, I mean, I, I've, I've been talking to Joe when somebody's walked up like in tears thanking Joe for changing his life or her life. It's really, it's amazing. I mean, Joe's, it, Joe's just such a classic guy. Like he, he, um, so unassuming otherwise, you know, and just like, just, but just such a freaking intense dude. And, and I love what he's built with Spartan. So, but I've never done one of the races somehow. <laughs> you know, I agree. Um, people have opinions on him. That's fine. Uh, I love what he did. He created a platform for a lot of us to be able to come into and grow into a sport and showcase our skills. I love what he did. And that's, you know, what I, I hope that one day I get to meet him and shake his hand for oh, that. Yeah, you know? yeah he, um, uh, I, I don't know how anybody has anything other than positive to say about him. The one thing that people need to have, and especially in this space, is grace. Anytime you are holding the passions of other people in your in the palm of your hand, and what I mean by that is, you know, you start a company like Spartan, you now have a million people or more who take more ownership in that thing that you've created than you than you can allow in some cases. Yeah. And so things that, you know, whether it's financial policy, whether it's race policy, sometimes you get stuff wrong, you know? And and for for Joe um, and the people that work for Spartan or, or you know, Lifetime or uh, whatever race organization in the world that you want to talk, you know, Ironman, um, 
those are financial decisions that are sometimes made, you know, in, in more isolation than people can imagine, um, with more background than they could ever possibly fathom. And so when, when I see people like Joe get beat up because of a decision that was made or whatever, it's like, man, you have to have some grace. Like you gotta, you gotta understand it's not just about your race weekend. Like, you know, there's so many moving parts to all of that stuff. And I think Joe always handles it with grace and humility. And, you know, I'm sure I'll get some emails that say, well, this one time Joe did this. And it's like, hey, <laughs> you know, Joe created a playground for millions of people to play in. And uh, he, should exactly. be, he should be celebrated for that for sure. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I've been trying to get uh, Joe to come and talk with me. So, but apart from that, I, 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 like I said before, what he created, I'm really thankful for. And I know a lot of people are, a lot of athletes are. Yeah, yeah. it's a cool thing. I mean, the you know, you need you know, because you know, like whether it's uh, you know, Muhammad from Sweatworks, Muhammad Iqbal, if you know him. Um, and just the whole, you know, the world of OCR and, you know, we've been sort of tangentially involved in that. You need brands like Spartan to bring it to, like triathlon would not have been triathlon without Ironman. You know, like yeah. you need these, you need these brands to elevate, you know, football is still football without the NFL, but you need the NFL to make football this thing that three-year-olds dream about doing one day, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 Um, okay. What um, what was I going to ask you? There was something about the world championships and the Vermont stuff. Um, what is your, like, what's your wheelhouse? It looks like, again, looking at your, at your results, lots of supers and sprints. And I can't tell if that's your preference or if that's just sort of what the season throws at you. You've got some beast in there. What is your preferred distance? Uh, I would say anything from 10 up. Okay. So supers up. I, yeah, I, I, I truly love the long distance. Um, I do, but, um, because of now how my training has, the way my training has developed me, um, I'm actually starting to, uh, love the five Ks, mm. uh, because of my speed now, um, <laughs> And uh, it, it the way that I can tackle any obstacles, yeah, or all obstacles. Um, so I, I'm, you know what? I'm gonna say all of them. Um, mm. I'm gonna say all of them. I've been really lucky to be able to uh, train it every uh, at every um, distance. Yeah, and, and, and get yeah, and get better at it. What is the what's the hardest race you've done so far? Ultra. I did an ultra once, uh, Stoneham, Stoneham, Quebec, and that was a 50K. Um, that was the first time I ever did an ultra, and it really, really did harm me. Oh, my God, I felt pain for weeks and weeks and weeks. Mm. But it also, it, you know, I finished it in 10 hours and 25 minutes. I'll never forget. And it wasn't a failure. I mean, I did cross the line, but yeah. it was a lesson learned. It was it exposed so many weaknesses that I had to work on. And yeah. that's the thing about when you fail at something. It's not a failure. It's a lesson. Yeah. And all those lessons taught me exactly what I needed to do, what I needed to change. And now I can do an I can do an ultra now and in, in a very short time. Mm, yeah, that's so, awesome. 
Yeah, and so I can't wait to also tackle an ultra in the near future. Uh, maybe not this year uh, because of the goals that are already set and then what I have planned on doing this year. But I do have plans on doing a marathon and an ultra, of course. Yeah. What's the do you, you mentioned Leadville? Do you want to do a hundred miler? I wouldn't mind doing a hundred miler, but I would have to train for it because a yeah, hundred miler sure. is a very different. Everybody, a hundred miler is not the same as a hundred k. I think a hundred. A hundred miler is about 160 kilometers. <laughs> yeah, I think once you get beyond the marathon distance, it is definitely a um, sort of an exponential curve in difficulty. Like a hundred, going from a half marathon to a marathon is is like, what do you think? I don't know, 110% harder, 120% harder. It's not, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. it's not just, okay, well, it's not just twice as hard. It's, it's more than, but, but not a ton more. Then go into 50K, then go 50 miles. Like each time it's not just, it's not just twice as hard. It's like two and a half. Once you get into that hundred mile, it's like, if you're not built for it, if you're not a Courtney Dowalter or a Zach Miller or somebody like that, it's, I mean, that's, that's a distance that can break you. It can break you. Exactly. And for me to do a hundred miler, um, I would want to do it in trail instead of road. No question. Dear Lord, I can't imagine doing a hundred miler on a road. Although again, my bucket list race is still um, bad water. I would love to do bad water. And that is, uh, yeah. you're on highway, man. You're bacon. <laughs> exactly. So I uh, no trail for me. Yeah. Yeah. Trail. Huh? What, um, what's, what's, uh, so you've got, you're you're wow you're you're forty six you're turning forty seven this year so you're right in the middle of the age group, that's always a tough one. You start to we start to drift upward, but you're getting faster. You're losing weight. You're getting leaner. You're getting faster. Yeah, I don't care who's toes the line with me. Yeah, now, awesome. my mentality is very different. I don't care who toes the line with me. I'm just there to go and do what I'm supposed to do yeah. and what I love to do. <sighs> I don't care. What are your, I just want to get out there. What are your best segments? What do you what do you look like if you rank your like top three things that you're good at on an on a OCR course? Um, I would say running now. Um, and are we talking obstacles? Yeah. So like if you, you know, all things being equal, where are you gonna make up time and where are you gonna lose time? What are the things you need like what are you best at and then what do you need to work on? Um I think for me would be, you know, continue training in my grip for those low rigs. Um, not that Spartan has. I mean, Spartan has the rings, right? Uh, nothing too grip driven. A lot of us know what Spartan's going to throw at us. And even with the U.S. Um, obstacles that they have now that is coming to Canada, which we're all excited about, um, nothing, you know, I love Spartan. Uh, but I've done Spartan for such for so many years that I already I know what their obstacles about and I've yeah. trained in them because in the back of my backyard I have a, like a training facility, very grip driven, and so I train in my grip and so I know I have that. But if you were to ask me what are going to be some of the challenges that I'm going to face at the worlds, because the worlds is very different now. Now we're talking not only running but we're talking also grip driven uh, obstacles. You know, a lot of it will have to be, you know, the um, the low course rigs and 
regular size rigs that have a lot of the ropes, um, the what you would hang yeah. on and grab on, and so those are some of the things that I've been practicing on um, in order to be successful. Because with Spartan, the one thing that I've been good at is to doing the obstacles, and getting by them, getting through them um, at, a, at a good pace. Um, but what I had problems with in the beginning was running. As soon as you've done an obstacle, you yeah. get back into running and maintain that consistency. That is something that I had to practice and I've got better at. But when you switch over and talk, you know, and then use that same example and, and apply it over to the worlds, that's something that I had to learn a lot is doing training on the grip and then also on the running and making sure that both complement each other. Yeah. Who puts on the best race out there? Um, I would say, I would say Spartan is one of them. Yeah. Um, you also got, you got Rugged Maniac, you got Mud Hero, you got Course Extreme up in Quebec. Um, what else do we have? Uh, those are the ones that come to my mind. Uh, we used to have Warrior Dash, but yeah. they no longer come here, here. Uh, Bone Frog we had, and Bone Frog was an amazing. Mm. Miss Bone Frog. Um, that's where I'm, that's where, um, I saw Ryan Atkins, but those are the three that stick out of my mind. Yeah. What makes one better than the other? Like, do you like them? Um, like, do, is there, is there any such thing as a too difficult a course? Like, is it a good, is that what makes a great course is like just balancing, you know, not too hard, but not too easy? Or, or is it just you can never have it too hard? Like, what do you just? I know it, this is just personal bit. preference, you know. Okay, for, with Spartan, they have a nice balance. You know, they. I mean, apart from the running, they have a good balance where the obstacles are their their level of difficulty is not as hard, right? Yeah. Um, so when you got top tier athletes running that course in a, a timed course, um, we're able to do it get through it um but you know you got also i forgot to mention tough mutter mm-hmm. tough mutter they, they do have some uh tough the tough obstacles that we all love and um the level of difficulty is is up there but it's manageable with training and then you got other race organizations that have these races with obstacles or OCR races, and uh, the level of difficulty is low because their their goal is for everybody to be able to get through it yeah. and then have that because have that experience. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's it seems to me that like you you want it um, things like you know the the ropes like the real grip. Uh, extensive things, you know, like you want these things to be hard and grueling, but doable where there's, there are some obstacles where you just physically can't do it. Like, you know, uh, my grip's not strong enough or this isn't strong enough or whatever it is. And you just yeah. you physically cannot get over that thing. You mentioned Blue Mountain to um, OCR's, uh, OCR World Championship at Blue Mountain back in 2016, 2017. That taught me a lesson about OCR. Their obstacles were grip driven. Mm. Oh my god! I, I I did a 3k. I lost my bend. I did the 15k, and I did well. 
Um, but the obstacles were not as easy. Such a different experience than when you do in a Spartan race. Yeah. Um, just because you do Spartan so many times, you you, you develop. You, it's like you know what's coming, so yeah. you know what you have to work on. The world is very different. Yeah. Oh my God, what an experience! And that's where I knew. Uh, after in twenty seventeen, that's where I knew that I had to. If I'm gonna, if I'm gonna make a difference here and then put my name in the books, I had to change a lot of things. And yeah. then that was one of them, training on grip. Yeah, I mean, and that's one of the things that I think Spartan did well early on was putting race in the name and making it a race, not just a death march, you know, in, in, in a lot of ways. Because, you know, the whole, uh, you know, Joe with his death race and, you know, it was a very unfinishable thing that he did up there in the farm in Vermont, you know, Spartan is very different from that in terms of, again, it's not like you're looking for, um, you know, 50% DNFs and things like, you know, I, I think that Spartan's done a good job. Again, I've never done one, but I've been to a ton of them and watched uh, and worked the races, talked to a lot of athletes. They've done a good job of balancing the, um, the achievement like you still feel like you achieved something, but you don't go into it going, well, there's a 50% chance that I'm just not even going to be able to finish today. Cause that's not a race, you know, yeah. like you, you put it out, you know, I mean, like everybody goes into Leadville going, there's a good chance that I won't finish, but the course itself is finishable. It's just, you know, with weather and fatigue and, you know, if you don't nail your nutrition, you're not going to finish. Whereas like, Anybody who's half an athlete can go into a sprint or a super and know, barring injury, barring something else, I can finish. I might end up doing a lot of burpees, but I can finish the course, you know, and I think that that's a good balance that they've struck. Yeah, I mean, anybody can race, but I mean, to, to do these races and you want to do them well and yeah. excel and you have to train at it. If it was that easy, everybody would be doing it. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm curious to see like the um, like I'd love to go to an OCR World Championship and see the different level of because um, it is it's it's like watching the NFL. It's like watching the best of the best. I don't yeah. want to see I don't want to see the best guy just fly through a course. I want to see that person challenge now, you know. And so when you know that you can limit the elites and this is that level of course, let's definitely raise the bar, you know. Of and, course, and make it tough, make it fun to watch. Yeah, exactly. Like last year, I was I came fourth in the 15K. Mm. So close, so close with everything that I've worked hard for. But, you know, when it's meant to be, it'll happen. And it wasn't meant for me. And so I knew that there were still weaknesses that I had to practice. And I so I can't, I'm so excited. I'm so stoked. I can't <laughs> wait for the OCRs. I hope everybody shows up. That's awesome. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. I can't wait. That's cool. What, um, uh, how have you guys been up in Canada with, with COVID and everything? Are the restrictions starting to, to level off a little bit or are people getting a little bit back to normal? A little bit. Yeah. It's getting back to normal, uh, little by little, every day that goes by, you know, people are getting back, uh, to that normal life that we once knew, which is a good thing. Um, I also can tell by the amount of traffic that we have. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which is a good thing. It's a good sign. And that just to me is just it's great to see that. Yeah. So we were we were in lockdown and now we were lifted up um just the next level to the gray zone where yeah. only they were able to um open 
other businesses. Um, so okay. that's a good thing. Uh, but little by little, things are opening up and then people are starting to uh, come out and uh, live life. So do you do all of your training in, in, in your backyard or do you still go to a gym? No, I don't go to a gym. I really don't even need a gym. Um, I'll run. Uh, I hit the road or I'll go to do the trails and then I come back and then I I train here in the backyard where there'd be grip, uh, whether it be, like I said before, core, anything that is needed, functional fitness, I need to stretch, I need to work on certain aspects of my game. Um, Yeah, especially grip, which is an important part to OCR. Um, Yeah, Yeah, so I do it all here. Yeah, there's a guy we had on the podcast early on, Kevin Gelati. Do you do you happen to know him? Oh my god, yeah. yes. Yeah, his garage. It, it just I just crack up every time I see him post these videos of the stuff that he does in his garage. It's hilarious. I love him, buddy. I met him at the at Blue Mountain. At, uh, oh, he was there in 2017. I met him, and what a character he yeah. is. He didn't. He's another person that inspired me, and we became friends. And he's such a great human being, uh, very outspoken, tells you like it is. Yeah, and does. I love the guy for that. And uh, we raced a couple of times together. We had some really good times. And I told him that I will be coming down him to get <laughs> to face him again in his own ground. Cool. And called De Rosa, who uh, love and admire, another person that had inspired me from the U.S. Uh, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, he's a good guy and definitely a character and definitely a little bit. I got some emails <laughs> yeah. after his episode aired and some people who had a problem. It's just like, geez, Louise. Again, go, it goes back to that. Have some grace, you know. It's like the guy's inspiring yes. a lot of people out there, man. <laughs> he's he's, he's inspired. He's one of them. <laughs> yeah. I love the fact that he's just got like this, this Home Depot, like, <laughs> junkyard version of an OCR course in his, in his garage and, and like unapologetic. I know the guy's got, he has, he can afford the rogue stuff guys. Like he's, he's doing fine, but he just chooses to like, you know, he, he likes to, he likes it raw and it's cool. I love what he does. Yeah. There is no script with him. Everything is, he does what he wants, how he wants to do it. And he lives his life. Yeah. He's a good guy. day by day and does yeah uh, i I love him for that yeah cool well we normally do a little 10 question dash this time in the podcast you ready some answer answer some questions awesome all right man let's do it i'm all in got my theme music cranking up here where's my theme music that was weird huh there it is okay all right what's your uh what, what kind of gear you use what's your what are the brands that you aspire to well, one of them is right here. OCR Unedited's uh, logo it. here. I got my gear. Got the cool uh, kind of maple leaf integrated in with the logo. It's very Canadian. Yeah, that's right here. Nice. This, this, this is my gear. This is what I use now for training. Uh, I use a lot of 2XU, um, Under Armour, Puma, and VJ Shoes. VJ? VJ Shoes. VJ Shoes, okay. Is that like an OCR specific type of brand? Yes. Okay, cool. Never heard of it. I need to I need to up my OCR game for sure. <laughs> All right, you've already said your next race is gonna be um, OCR World Championship. Is that the next race or is there something else? Uh oh, you froze on me. Oh, next race. Is it OCR World Championships or is there a, another race in between? Uh oh. Cool. Other than the Spartan races that we got for the season, yes. The okay. championship, the first one's gonna be OCR World Championships in Vermont. 
Okay, cool. All right, your video just dropped out. We'll make do with uh, just your beautiful voice. So okay, ah. it's okay. You'll be fine. You'll you'll probably come back in a second. Uh, question number three: The uh, do you have like a favorite sports movie or book? Yes, Victory with Pelé and Sylvester oh, Stallone. I love that. Not many people know that. Oh my god, that what was that like? Uh, Mid eighties, late eighties. Early, like early Stallone. That was right after Rocky. That was a good movie. Yeah, it's uh, it is the most uh, improbable premise. They're what are they? Um, they're POWs. Is it World War Two? That's right. Yeah, it's like a Hogan's hero, yeah. but they they Pele is on in, is a, is a POW in this camp, and then they put on this as part of this big escape plan. They they put <laughs> on this right. big uh, uh, soccer uh, game against the it's against the guards, right? Against the cards, yeah. Yeah, yeah, great movie. Oh, man, I haven't thought about that in years. I, all right, I'm going to watch that this weekend. <laughs> Such a good movie. Oh, good job, man. I would never would have thought about that. Uh, all right, number four, what is your, what's your favorite race? My favorite race, it would have to be Spartan Race. Spartan. Oh, I'm sorry, OCR World Championships. Okay, all right, very good. All right, well, it's a tie. Uh, what's, your, what's your bucket list race? My bucket list race? Oh, to do the... Um, the Spartan Race Ultra. Okay. In Colorado. Okay. All right. You'll have to come down here then. Uh, do you listen to music when you train? Yes, I do. What is your home stretch song or band? What gets you across that finish line? Oh, my God. I listen to alternatives. Um, I would say P.O.D. Okay. Which, which, uh, what song? What's your favorite song? Alive, Youth of a Nation. Uh, such a good song. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. ASU football, uh, they always come out to boom, and I just I freaking love that song. That's right. Such a good one. Yeah. Uh, okay, what's your most embarrassing song on that playlist? Woo! I know, Material Girl by Madonna. <laughs> love it. <laughs> good. Do you have any uh, pre-race rituals or superstitions? Um, I pray. You shave your head? Oh, you pray. That's a good one. That's even better. Yeah, pray, meditate, yeah. Okay, very good, I like it. Uh, living or dead, who would you most like to share a long run or workout or whatever with? Pele. Pele? Uh, I, you know, I, it was because you mentioned it, but I thought you were going to say that. Good job. All right, man, what, this is the final question, what is the secret? Drive. Drive, bam. Dig it. That's it. I dig it. That's it. That is awesome, man. Well, thank you. I can't thank you enough for uh, for reaching out and having me on your show. Uh, thank you for imparting some wisdom and telling your story here on the Athlinks podcast. It has been fantastic speaking you with you and spending the afternoon with you. Well, it's a pleasure, and thank you so much once again for allowing me to come in and talk to you and uh, and. Likewise, have you come on and learn from you, learn about you, and be able to share that information with others. Indeed. So we just bridged two, two humans together here. That's it. That is it. So if you, if you like this podcast, if you like uh, listening to uh, um, things about you know, OCR and obstacle racing and things that uh, if you're always frustrated that uh, the Athlinks podcast, we don't go deeply enough into OCR, then definitely listen to OCR unedited and uh, get deeper into that sport. So I have started listening. I'm digging the conversations. It's very good. So thank definitely, you. yeah, check that out. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, where thank else can you. people can where where else can people find you? 
I mean, you can find us in Linktree, um, what is it, Anchor FM. Um, the videos usually post live on my uh, Facebook page, OCR Unedited. Um, there's also the YouTube channel where I post all my um, all my videos, all the episodes, and uh, OCR Unedited. Also, the, through the website, people can catch all the latest episodes from the beginning and season one all the way up to the latest in season two, all in the website. Uh, with that said, you know, if you guys, if anybody's interested in the apparel and the gear that it is that I wear and that I train with, you can always check it out through the website as well. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Well, very good, man. Thank you very much. And that is the show, everybody. Hope you enjoyed it. More people racing more often, having more fun in the process is our mission at Athlinks. Uh, thanks again to Juan Carlos Obando uh, for coming in and spending the afternoon with me. I really appreciate it. Uh, we do a special post for each episode on Instagram, so look for the post for episode 39 with a picture of Juan Ooh. Carlos and his uh, beautiful head, his bald head. Ooh. If you have comments or questions, <laughs> we are at Athlinks, or just shoot us an email to podcast at athlinks.com. The best way to support the podcast is to click subscribe on iTunes or follow on Spotify to be notified of new shows and share it far and wide with anyone you think would enjoy it. Please take a second to give us a rating and a quick review on iTunes. And until next time, happy racing, everybody. Take care.